about uh, to be sober and vigilant and we talked about what it means what sobriety in God's eyes (coughs) really entails the opposite of course of sober is drunk and sometimes we can have drunkenness really just means to be given over to excess in drink and it can also mean in other things sometimes your thought life carnal thought life will cause a drunkenness in that you've overloaded yourself with certain kind of information got me it means to to pig out so to speak on certain aspects of of um, <clears throat> thinking things that you maybe dreams that you plan or they they come you've allowed it to become excessive in your thought life the mind of Christ feeds from the mind of God Jesus was constantly in touch with the father his thoughts were the father's thoughts and so the father was in constant communication with him so that he could draw from the father's wisdom knowledge foreknowledge there are certain faculties in the mind of God the father that the son does not possess but because they walk in total harmony with one another those thoughts he has access to those thoughts he also has access to the energy or the energizing thoughts of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is the one who governs down here on earth he governs for God in both heaven and earth but he's very very active down here on earth so the Holy Spirit would have the vision of of things that are coming uh, on the earth that we need to be aware of that's why the Bible refers to him as another comforter you're comforted because you are in the custody or the care of someone who has power that's a comfort right there you got me and so uh, we can take comfort in that because the Holy Spirit is very active and alive down here on earth he's alert and awake at all times to the affairs of earth and he coordinates that with the vision of heaven and so when you have access to the mind of God you're sober in that you're thinking about earth is not excessive you're thinking about heaven is not excessive everything's kind of like in in a, a harmony a God type of harmony or a balance that keeps you sober in your mind you're not drunk on one idea or possessed by one idea that uh, overwhelms you now this kind of thing can can happen to any believer who presses beyond the mind of God at me you can get obsessive about certain things you know worry is a type of obsession because you're you're overly concerned and you're not being obedient to the scripture that says to cast your cares upon him because he cares for you not not being obedient to think on certain things so God wants you to get control of your mind and control of your thoughts so that those thoughts will keep you sober so that as you're sober in your thinking you don't think yourself more highly than you ought the Bible says but the other hand you don't think of yourself as totally 
You know, you're not a putz, in other words. You're, you're not totally incapable of things, but you understand where your strength comes from, your help comes from, and how that whole process operates. You know, so that in, in order to stay sober, you have to allow certain thoughts to be governed by God's word. Casting down imaginations and high things that will get you drunk if you feast on them too long. So if you feast on on ideas that are not given to you by God. There's a chance that what what generally happens is that the devil gets involved in these ideas. And he won't let you rest until you do something about them. You go out and you know you you think you you want to have something nice to wear, and pretty soon it becomes an obsessive thought, and that every time you see somebody with something new, you have to make a comment about it. That's always an indication that somebody's on the way to drunkenness because they're over overwhelmed with these things the bible says if you desire something to let your request be made known to god and receive his peace that he received the request and it's on the way and so if it's on the way why are you still obsessing about it if you really prayed in faith believing you received it why are you still talking about getting it and wishing you had it so that's one of the signs of drunkenness is that people cannot stop talking about certain things sometimes guilt can make you drunk you you feel bad about something you're not accepting God's forgiveness and his peace about it if you you feel bad about something you do what God says you forgive and and ask that person's forgiveness you make peace there and that should settle it if you really understand the power of the blood of Jesus. If you're going to let that settle things for you. And so sometimes we keep talking about things that we did wrong. Because we don't know how to put it away and let God put it away etc. And we get drunk on guilt. Or we get drunk on uh, trying to make things right. We get drunk on some idea that we just don't ever let it get settled. And so once the, the mark of a sober person is that they're at peace in their thoughts about everything. Your mind is peaceful about uh, your position in God. You're peaceful about what God's doing in your life. You're peaceful about where you are. You may not have everything that you've asked God for. But you do have a settling in you where you're not concerned where it's going to come from. When it's going to come etc. etc. And so we have to understand that these things are, are marks of the person who is under the control of God. And under the mind of God so that's what God means when when he says to be sober you guard your mind and your heart by not letting things enter in that will take you off on a direction that God does not want you to to be the other part of this is vigilance and and this word is interesting because it has to do with a, a person who is wakeful in things so if you can look at it this way um, some of you uh, have have 
have had experience with alcohol and or drugs some kind of intoxicant if it wasn't that it was some type of upper or downer or something that that altered your mood in some way but whatever you you had that kind of kept you wound up after a while it wore off and you had to sleep it off as they say you know you crashed or something like that and so you know that that the other part of of sobriety or or or, or of drunkenness if you can say uh, a person who is drunk has a thought to excess or is consumed with an excessive thought the other part it's sleep because if you are drunk with an idea your mind kind of gets exhausted and you go to sleep it's easy for you to nod off <clears throat> You know, and and uh, not be alert and awake in the way that God wants you to be alert and awake. So really, the drunk tends to to the person who is not sober in his mind tends to have a mind that's easily numbed, not just by an obsessive thought, but also by sleep. They just want to clock out. All of these are escape mechanisms because the human soul if it's not satisfied tends to want to help itself self-medicate in some way so these thoughts that we obsess over that we can't seem to put down because they're feeding something in us that some inadequacy or some insecurity we want to have it fed we want to have it erased the lack erased you know that kind of thing and and we can continue to obsess about these things and we get drunk Oh, on these ideas and we're happy because we're intoxicated with the imaginary thought that we're going to be rich one day or we're going to have a great big house one day or we're going to have a uh, you know a Mercedes or an Escalade or whatever it is that we obsess over we get drunk on that thought and once you you get tired of being drunk on the thought you're easily put to sleep because you that's another form of escape you don't want to enter into the life of faith because that's too sobering a thought for you you'd rather believe in your make-believe and you'd rather pretend that one day you're going to have this and you put all your hope over into the fantasy aspect of your thinking instead of thinking in a sober way and pick up the mind of God who heard that prayer and has prepared that for you and he will help you to stay focused on his kingdom and what you're to do to prepare to receive what he has for you. See that's too sober for some people. They like to believe it's a pie in the sky thing. Well God's going to give me a miracle to get this. Well what are you going to do in the meantime? See that's, a, that's too sober for some people. I believe I received my healing. I'm healed already. Wonderful. But what are you going to do to manage your symptoms on a day-to-day, minute-to-minute, hour-to-hour basis? Are you feeding your body the medicine of the word? Well, God told me something different. He didn't tell you anything different. Because his word doesn't tell you anything different see that's too sobering a thought for some people they'd rather believe in some kind of you know 
magical thing that's going to happen to automatically you know they'll they'll stay in their fantasy and in their delusion and they're magically transported to a healthy body well it won't happen like that you've got to feed your faith you you got to starve your doubt you got to check within and and what are you saying within yourself is what you're saying sober and line up with the word of god or is it some kind of fantastic something that you're looking to happen out of nowhere see god's kingdom is not magic you know it's really not and it's not fantastic in that we can't understand it there's a lot of understanding in the word of god to understand how god's kingdom works that that faith you know the bible talks about faith like a mustard seed and it grows the bible says we know not how but we do know how to feed the seed don't we we know how to keep it planted in god's kingdom we know how not to pluck it up with doubt and a bad confession and in leave believing god and go off believing something else we know how these things happen but the person who is a little drunk doesn't like the happenings of it they don't like the way it happens it's just too it's not wonderful enough for them it's not fantastic enough it's not imaginary enough for them and so they enter into this drunken state we got a lot of drunk people claiming to be believers a lot of them i started out that way i used to think if i just went up and touched people and, and they get healed instantly like i saw it in the bible but i forgot to look and see where jesus was anointed with the holy ghost and power we're anointed with the holy ghost when we're born again but where's the power Ooh, and it's not just because you pray in tongues a lot of people praying in tongues in fact most christians who are getting a born again now understand the power of the holy ghost and the gift of tongues but they're not doing the works of god either so we got to go back to the drawing board god something's missing <laughs> what is it i know it's on my part it's not on yours that's sober that's sober drunkenness is keeping doing the same thing and thinking it's going to happen anyway just because you keep doing it Amen. you know somehow you're magically delicious all of a sudden you know you just throw up something in the air and it comes out and people get healed let's get real here it's sick you know it's sick people are just sick really are so anyway <laughs> but we got all kinds of drunken ideas in the body we've been on a binge uh recently of of a wealth transfer and while people were waiting on the transfer they got money transferred out everybody most everybody lost money that was waiting on a transfer so we're all a little bit poorer now and somehow poverty tends to sober us up huh difficulty somehow tends to sober us up we realize if we don't do something they will put us out of our house and we don't pay our note and find a way to get that note paid we will get set out on the street so that's a very sobering hmm? it's amazing people can get a, get to a sober place and instead of staying sober they go back to drinking again hmm? as soon as god pays a bill they go back to their imaginary life of you know i sure wish i had some money to buy some trinkets with and 
God has more in mind for us than trinkets, folks. He has He has a a a future forged in eternity for us. People who are looking at just the wealth of this world will always be deceived. They will always be drunk. The desires of this life will tend to put a drunkenness on people. You just can't get enough of thinking about things to possess. Because lack keeps pounding you. And it keeps tempting you and keeps making fun of you and telling you you should have this and you should have that and how come you don't have this and how come you not that and you know sometimes your your relatives will, it, you know you're the believer and you're the only person in the family that don't have property and doesn't have you know a high powered job and all that and they ask you why don't you have that and you say you know what I don't know but I serve a God whose kingdom is not of this world and I realize that that's important to have and, and I'm, I'm working on having it but why I don't have it now I don't know it I'm not worried about it because I serve a God whose kingdom is not of this world and when it's for me to possess these things I'll possess them I'm sure you know I'm sure he has them for me but right now maybe he's working on something eternal on the inside of me maybe he's putting something in me that's going to help you get to heaven maybe he's putting something in me that's going to help help you get off a deathbed somebody's got to pay the price to get it huh maybe that's what he's working on me now I mean there are much more important things than the things of this life. And I'm telling you the main thing that the believers get intoxicated over are the things of this world. Carnal things. We can't have them and why we don't have them and we need this and we got to have that. And so if we can stay sober, understand who we are. That we're here ambassadors for a king whose kingdom is not of this world. It's an imperishable kingdom. It's an everlasting kingdom. Then we will keep the mind that helps us to stay awake and alert. So why do we need to stay awake and alert? Because the Bible says to be vigilant as well. Not only have been your right mind in a godly mindset. But you're to keep a vigil over what? Over things pertaining to the kingdom. First your own soul. And then things that God has assigned to you. Got to be responsible <clears throat> over those things. So the, the person who is vigilant. The word vigilant really means to stay awake. Man, to stay awake. It means to watch and be alertly watchful. You know how sometimes you can roll over in the middle of the night and your eyes will fly awake and you roll over again you're right back asleep. We ain't talking about that. We're talking about to be alertly watchful. Because <laughs> that's just good at sleep right there. And then you're thinking, you think later on, so, ooh, I'm glad I didn't wake up. I'm glad I could go right back to sleep again. Uh-huh. It says to be alertly watchful alertly watchful first peter 4 7 tells us to be sober and watch don't be a person given over to excess but to be watchful sometimes people can get carried out carried 
off with an idea and and never stop you know they just go on and on and on and on and on with this one idea uh, you know and, and it, I'll see sometimes people it just kind of it's really kind of heartbreaking but I don't think God ever brings anybody into my my brings them across my path by accident there's a divine purpose there and it's really up to that individual to sort out what that divine purpose is because I know why I'm here and I know what I'm supposed to do and I know to the best of my ability I carry out what God has me to do but if there's no recognition on the part of that other individual there's nothing that I can do you know and pray for them and ask God to help them to understand you know but you've seen it yourself you see many people come and go they come and they look around and they stay for maybe a hot minute or you know they see that they're we don't give out certificates or we're not going to make them a doctor or we're not you know they see school of ministry and they think some kind of paper credential and when they don't see that and then you get them trapped on a bus and a meeting that takes a whole day and they can't get back in a hurry then they move on you know it's a lot of people do that and move on and it never fails that that you see some evidence later on down the road that they should have stayed that there's something missing you know where where the idea that they were obsessed with that you know God's called me to do this everybody's called to do something sweetheart just take your seat and we'll help you sort it out might take a few years <laughs> it may take till Jesus comes to sort it out but you know we work on it but you know they this drunkenness they walk in and you know set the world on fire i'm called now stop the world i want to get off you know it's it's me you know razzmatazz that you know drum roll and they want to drum roll every time they come in and absolutely you know absolutely yep yep you got it <laughs> you got it and then you look down the road, a, 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 a child is murdered in their family, their kid. And you think, had they stayed and even just learned to pray or just buy a manual, just anything to recognize that God was trying to help them not to be drunk with that idea that they have. But he saw that they could be helped for something that the enemy was planning in the future and they were so drunk on their own future fame mm-hmm. that they couldn't stop and learn to pray or couldn't stop and pick up a few prayers or couldn't stop and recognize that this was what they needed same thing with healing I can't tell you the people that have come and needed to be healed or come and got a touch of some healing walked off and this is common they're drunk with some idea that their healing doesn't come that way you know it's got to come the way i think it's supposed to come because this is a, and they may have another person in the family who's desperately praying for them to be healed and that's why god brings them to a place where they can be healed but see their drunkenness keeps them from following through on the plan of God because they just like being drunk they like that religious you know old wine 
that they keep sipping all the time you know or old wine of religion and well it's got to be this way if God wanted me over there he'd have told me to go over there and you know so and so invited me over and God didn't tell me and I'm not supposed to move see because that drunkenness will keep you doped up and sleepy and you won't be alert to know when God's moving you and when the answer to prayers come I don't think it's it's it can't be that way because that's not the way I think it's supposed to be so that old wine that they keep sipping you know Jesus says the old and the new cannot be mixed together you've got to stop drinking the old huh? you've got to get off that in order to get on the new he said if you try to mix them together that the 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 tear will be worse than it was you'd have done better just keeping the old <laughs> don't try to mix up the two and so he says it's either one or the other. You either go on in God and receive what he has for you or you stay where you are. Not every place that you are can meet every need. And sometimes we need to know that. Sometimes you need to just let God be God. Because he wants you sober more than anything. So to be vigilant means to be alertly watchful. Mm-hmm. alertly watchful and especially for the reason of avoiding danger so there's a danger afoot if you're not alertly watchful the word vigilant also birthed the word vigilante which is a, a, <clears throat> a noun it refers to a person who is a watchman or a guard that ought to be familiar to everybody mm-hmm. The vigilante carries out the execution of the law when offenses are known. The vigilante also is the one who works when the natural law enforcement seems to be failing. See we live in a society that is so liberal that now they're they're going to try and force ministers to marry they're already doing it in the military to a degree try to force ministers to marry homosexuals mm-hmm. they say the Episcopal Church had a uh, one of their annual meetings they had a vote that narrowly passed that they won't marry same sex couple narrowly see narrowly this has been going on for years. I remember <clears throat> when I was in women's ministry, one of the, uh, cou- uh, not counselors, but the, the um, uh, overseers, we had some pastors that sat on a board uh, to help us manage the, the, um, the um, meetings and so forth. And one of them was in the Episcopal Church and <clears throat> was being steadfast about them keeping these homosexuals not ordaining homosexual ministers and so forth and um, you know the devil got in his life he took a stand and, and he started messing with the family you know so here this poor guy's out here standing by himself trying to hold him and I'm thinking just leave you know leave all that pressure and come out so that you're not under so much pressure 
and and do your fighting from a place where your your family's safe and all this other stuff is safe. And wife wound up leaving him and mean as a rattlesnake to begin with. I don't see how he stayed with her. I mean, just you know, between you and me and the walls here. I mean, that's just a ooh, ouch. You know, I remember being like her before I got saved, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? But um, that brother was up against a lot. I think the wife finally did wind up taking, you know, leaving and taking the children and all of that. And in the denomination still going downhill. Well, sometimes when God wakes you up to something, he wakes you up to let you know the building's caving in. You got me? And get out of the building while you still, I mean he's already judged that as not being for him. When is the last time they ever preached the gospel there? When has the power of God ever been evident? When have they been anything but nominal Christians? You see. And so if if you're in a falling building, sometimes you need to run for safety, take your family, take everything with you that can be salvaged and get out of there. But he was drunk with the idea that he could save the Episcopal Church. Got me? So you have to be sober. You've got to hear from God. I mean these are all good things to want to do. But if that's not God's mind right now. If that's not what the mind of Christ is dictating needs to be done. You can't make that happen. So you can't force that to happen. And so the watchman is one who is... The vigilante. He is guarding in an alertly watchful way. You're alert because you have a ready response. You're not alert and you don't know what to do if you catch the devil doing something. The Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. And I think what's happened in the church is because everybody knows the devil's devices... They see what he's doing and run around and broadcast it all the time and talk about it. But they never take authority to stop it. And so we have people who are suspiciously watchful. And then they'll get drunk on that idea that they're here to chase the devil every day. You know and find out what he's doing and you know all of this kind of stuff. Give reports on on demonic activity but they never do anything to stop it. The true watchman will stop it. You got me? He knows he has the tools to stop it. So the vigilante carries out the execution of the law when the offenses are known. The spiritual watchman will rebuke the devil. Mm -hmm. How will we know what he's doing? If we allow our senses and our discernment to be, be dampened through drunkenness. Or through lack of sobriety. If we're drunk on the job. Somebody will have to wake us up to tell us what the enemy's doing. And so I think this happens in the body of Christ. The reason the watchman is called is to watch over the work of God on the earth. So that it can be protected against demonic influences. But time and again the enemy gets in there and he starts to get people who need to be sober get them drunk. Now one idea. One of the problems that we've had 
in the the church recently has been a, a drunkenness that people want fame. There's been a, 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 a famous drunkenness running around here that you see it even in ordinary believers. People get get saved one day and then some idiot gives them a, a quote unquote word or a prophecy that God's called them to this and that. And you can see it in it's eating in their flesh. That's as far as it ever gets. It never gets in their spirit. And it starts to eat in their flesh and make them drunk on the idea that they're going to be great and, and God's, you know, they've got to be famous. They've got to be famous or there's no other way about it. And so we see this famous drunk that people are on now. <clears throat> you see it in, in uh, churches that invest a great deal of money. In production and TV airtime so that they can be thought of as being great. It's all a reputation thing. It's a a drunkenness that people are on. Instead of just the simple command feed my sheep. If you love me feed my sheep. Just feed people. Just give them the word. Teach them. The guy that starts out in the basement or the woman that starts out in the basement or the living room moving the furniture around so that the neighbors can come in because they seem to be hungry for the and you have a regular bible study that's not good enough for people anymore and for some people that's as far as they will go because that's God's goal feed my sheep he doesn't say how big how many how anything he just said feed them wherever you see them feed them give them the word of God give them something that will help them to live Give them something that will help them learn how to repair the family breaches and how to get bills paid and how to trust me in different things. Give them my food so that they can live. And so that's all God's ever commanded his servants to do. But the drunk ones wind up sleeping too long and then they get caught in the snare of the enemy. This is what you don't want is to be caught in your own snare. And there are snares that will catch us if we're not vigilant and easily awakened and kept alert <clears throat> and awake. Part of being sober is understanding the weaknesses of your own soul and not just understanding them but being vigilant to not give in to them see this is these are the things that we need to always be in mind always be in mind of a watchman is also one who keeps awake with the purpose of watching not just awake but with the purpose of watching you know why you're awake and what you're watching for you're watching for enemy movement you're watching as a guard and a protector of that which is entrusted to you and for us as watchmen it's the earth and everything in it there's no no uh, activity that goes on here on this earth that we can't get and shouldn't get involved in. Just need to understand when we're being prompted by the Lord to get involved in how we get involved. Oftentimes 
<coughs> people who watch are called to guard over the the things that may not even seem to be worth guarding. Mm-hmm. This is very important because one of the words uh, for uh, awake also uh, is the word wake, W-A-K-E, which is a vigil over a dead body. Mm -hmm. So there's watching over that which we think has no life to it. Mm -hmm. Look at some of the stuff you're praying for. Huh? <laughs> Look at the body of Christ. Huh? <clears throat> so there is a value, there's a, a value that the watcher has to accept, not discern, but you have to accept that what God's called you to watch over is valuable. You got to believe that. You got to watch anyway. This is the problem sometimes when we get involved in the things of God. Everybody has their own opinion about how this job goes. And when we quit praying and what we don't pray for. And how we pray this and how we pray that. And that's over with and this is uh, 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 uh. If you ever prayed for it it's still worth praying for. I don't care what condition it's in. Because these things will deteriorate. They'll look bad. They'll look dormant for years. But there's still value there. We've got to understand that once you pumped your prayer into it one time. That prayer is still working. And there's value there. So. The watcher is the one who has to be awake. To awake means to become aroused or active again. Hmm? That that implies having been asleep, you awake to what you're to do. It means to be conscious and aware. It means to be sensible and alive. Sensible. That means in possession of all of your senses. Means to have knowledge of something and to arouse from sleep. Awake the the term awake also implies that you're you're vigilant in observing in alert in drawing inferences from what you experience. In other words, you have to take what you see on the outside and draw it inside for examination. So you don't just take it for what it looks like to the natural eye. So there is an examination or a determination made after examination. And you draw these inferences from your experiences. Or if you have certain or special knowledge from first hand sources not rumors. It means to become alive to something. And you're on the alert with a predetermined response. You don't have to make it up. You don't have to wonder what you're going to say. You got me? When God calls you into account for it you you know what you're going to say. It's predetermined. There's a predetermined response. 
Lord I stayed on my watch over my family I stayed on my watch for these things that you entrusted me I stayed on my watch and I continued to declare your word that my my children would serve you and their righteous seed and their all of the things see that's a predetermined response that you have in these things you don't have to figure out something to say if it's the devil tell him to stop it's, I mean you know that's pretty much all you need to do with that rascal you submit to God and you resist him and he'll run from you so if if we are are awake in the sense that 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 we understand what wakefulness means on the inside of you then you already have a way to process what it is that you're seeing and what it is that you're picking up as far as your what you visualize in your awakeness is concerned you already understand how to process that you process it through the Holy Spirit and and through the word that you have hidden your heart that you've got grafted into you if it doesn't match up with the word then you have to make a determination we get rid of this this isn't from God this isn't us this isn't from what God wants many times the enemy tries to get us involved in some kind of false ministry to 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 things you know and you know if you if say for instance you 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 can get into these mental quandaries where it's like you know okay your your child is involved with a child that's a sinner and like you know it's god tells us to pray for him we'll put him on the prayer list bring him and we'll pray for him you don't need to pray for anything bring him like you do all the rest of your prayer requests you dump him in in the saturday meeting if you hear you pray for it if you ain't somebody else takes care of it yeah that don't mean you have to invite him in, sit him down for dinner, and try to make friends with him because you know your kid brought him home. Don't get stupid. Just stay sober. No, stay sober. Sometimes people are in your life because the devil brought them there. You have a right in God to kick them right out. Let them be somebody else's project. You know, if it's time for to pray for them for certain things, sometimes God won't hear certain prayers for people for certain things. So if you haven't been made privy to those things uh, and you ain't sure what to do, just kick it out and leave it. Just just like you know, if if some kind of foreign thing came in your house, put it outside the door, huh? Put it outside the door. You don't have to embrace everything that comes into your life as a burden from God. As your responsibility to pray for. Learn how to be discerning. Now see people don't like that because it sounds mean. But I don't ever tell you to go around snooping around looking for projects to pray for. Where our burdens come from God. And we already got them on the list. You know stick them on put that name on that list and keep moving. But you don't have to embrace anything, you know, that's that's going to cause harm. It's going to, uh, you know, not trust. You can't trust it to keep it close to you. You you don't have to do those things. So you, that's part of being sober. It's like, you know, if you're in a, one branch of the military, you don't go over to the other branch trying to work with their assignment. You stay with your own assignment. You know, let's let's just be real here. So God sometimes will touch your heart for people. He'll soften your heart for for certain things that you have to do for Him. And you know He embraces it. You embrace it. But let us not get goofy here. You know, guilt plays a lot sometimes in the people's prayer prayers and their burdens. Guilty won't get it the work done. 
faith and love will get the work done. So you have to know the difference. So <clears throat> when you when you are, are awake to something, you understand what to do with it. Amen? You understand what to do with it. Generally if 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 it's if it's presented comes first in a negative light the tendency for everybody is to keep it at a distance. For instance, if if you're a, a watchman on a property and an unauthorized person shows up in a restricted area, you arrest them. You just don't let them roam around and have free you <laughs> until somebody can tell you something other than what you suspect right now, you keep them at a distance. So you just they're arrested. They're not allowed the freedom to have access to certain things so certain things you do keep on the outside until God talks to you about them you know now that's an easy thing to do you know you do that as a sinner you had that much discernment you know parents if you, your kids brought kids home and they were from that family down the street that caused everybody trouble and they were up all night and stole stuff from people you tell them mm, don't bring him back you don't bring them back. You don't let them in that circle. You don't embrace them. You don't let your guard down where that's concerned. And if there's somebody you don't feel comfortable with your children being around, you pray them out. Pray them out of their lives. God, bring them some good kids. Where's the good kids, God? Where's the Christian kids so they can be around them? So let's get this, this ball rolling right. They'll find their own bunch to hang around with. That's not your job. That's their parents' job to find the right bunch for them. But you have to be discerning. You don't want all your hard work and efforts toward uh, grooming a child for God to be pulled by some kind of goofy idea in your head that you can't somehow be mean to kids or whatever. You don't have to be mean. Just tell your kid, tell them they're not coming back anymore. And not coming back. And until you get peace with God that that person is is going to be an asset to your child and to their growth and to their you understand what I'm saying you're looking for assets you're not looking for what's permissible if your children are the seed of the righteous and they're not going to beg bread they're the head not the tail you got to have them you got to pray head and not tail people into their lives you got me No, there's certain times when the enemy will send things into your life that you know crucial, critical times in your child's growth and development, and the enemy will send people in there to retard their growth and development because he believes God's word over them, even if you don't sometimes. And so we have to be vigilant in these things, be sober, watch these things. Don't don't go to sleep. Don't convince yourself that it's okay and it's no harm and they're not that bad. If God's shaking you and waking you to something in them, then stay with that. You know, stay with that until it's totally worked out. You know, till you know definitely what you're looking at. And don't be afraid to face these things. You know, don't be a person that likes to live in denial. Just be be willing to face them. Be sober in everything. And God will help you to know exactly what to do. Matthew 24, if you'll turn there. 
Jesus is talking about the time of his return. And that's very important that we understand that we're watching, understanding that the Lord will return. He says, watch therefore for you know not what hour your Lord will come. But know this, if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched. So if if the person that's, you know, if you know if a thief will tell you what time he's going to come and try and rob your house, you'll be sure to be up and awake and alert at that time. Hmm? So he says that you're going to have to stay alert because the end of the age will come as a thief to those who are not sober. People who say the Lord's not going to come. Oh you believe that stuff. Well he's not going to come in our lifetime. You don't know what God's is. Still say you don't know the day and the hour. Now you can believe that if you want to. And he says he would have, he would, if he, if he had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be also ready. You stay sober. You stay vigilant. For in such an hour as you think not the son of man comes. I mean he says it right there. Everybody's going to be saying it's not going to happen soon and, and that'll, it'll happen. But you can stay in touch with God so that you can be ready for whatever happens. Whether he comes or he doesn't come. If you'll stay sober and keep a vigil over your own soul you'll be ready for everything. He says who then is this faithful and wise servant who the Lord has made ruler over his household. To give them meat in due season. Blessed is that servant. Whom his Lord when he comes. Shall find him so doing. So in other words. Whatever God's telling you to do. You keep doing it. He wants to find you. Doing what he told you to do. And not sloughing off. And thinking you can get away with. Just being drunk on your own ideas. Or being drunk trying to fit God in. And you know when you have time for him. And not when he says to do it. I mean quit doing all that stuff. Be be vigilant and be sober. He says he'll make him ruler over all his goods. Well I don't want to really want to be a ruler over anything. Well you need to be. You need to change that. What are you down here working for? If you don't want. That's the head not the tail. Why are you saying that? You say you're the head not to tell, but yeah, you know, I don't want, want real I don't know if I want that. That seemed like work to me. He says, but if that evil servant will say in his heart, the Lord delays his coming, begin to slap the servants around, eat and drink with the drunken. Mm-hmm. The Lord of that servant will come in a day and he doesn't know. In the hour he's not aware of. And what he's speaking of is when we we make a decision to not be vigilant and not be sober. Then the Lord would not coming at the end of the age but he will come and visit you. And judge you for your activities and being disobedient. Hmm? So no you don't. Go off the program and start getting in sin and all that. People like that get visited all the time when they don't know it. Huh? Huh? You out kicking it somewhere and mercy runs out on you. 
You know, you've been spared many times over and over again. See, the drunken person thinks it's a game after that. See, after you've been spared several times, people who are not repentant but drunken will think that they can do that all the time and it's okay with God. That happen with anything that you do that's carnal. Get involved in it because the shoe, the other shoe doesn't drop yet. You think you're getting away with something. See, it's always a drunken thought. Drunks always think that. You know, they get get stomach starts swelling up and they start getting liver problems and you know they get um, treated and get better and go back and start drinking again. So adversity doesn't always bring sobriety to people doesn't make them stop all the time as a nurse you know you see a lot of things that don't make sense to you you think boy if I got that sick from something you know I'd stop it's killing you but a drunken person you know the devil gets in there and they just get driven to drink more barring a miracle from God to put them over in their right mind in Mark 14, this is Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane. He tells the, the disciples to sit here while I go and pray. Took Peter, James, and John, you know, his boys. They went with him to do miracles. He was the ones they trusted to always be there and be, you know, in the flow with him. He trusted them because they knew how to work with him in the more challenging spiritual things. You know, when they raised that little girl from the dead, he took them with him. You know what I'm saying? So they knew how to hang as far as staying in the spirit is concerned. And he says, <clears throat> verse 34, he says, they, they were so amazed and, and they began to be very heavy. Their eyes were very heavy. Verse 34, he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrow unto death. Wait here. And watch. In other words, stay awake. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible to you. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but your will be done. And he came and found them sleeping. And said to Peter, Simon, why are you asleep? Can you just watch one hour? Huh? Very challenging for believers sometimes. Stay awake to pray for an hour. You ask anybody that's tried to pray. <laughs> Number one, get off the bed. <laughs> As sleep devil waits for you every time in that bed. Verse 38, watch you and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is always ready. But he's overpowered by weak flesh. Your spirit wants to do the right thing all the time. And has mucho energy to get it done. But your flesh is fighting him. So you got to watch over your flesh. In other words he says your watching has to be to keep your flesh in line. Your spirit wants to obey God. Worship God all the time. But as soon as you turn your back on your flesh. See, it's a good thing to carry God with you 
till you get out to church. And see your flesh is waiting to overcome you the minute you get. when the, I mean when the service ends your flesh will think of something to do. Want to go talk to somebody about some nonsense or go get on your Facebook and do some stupid stuff or you know anything like that. Sometimes your flesh will fight you before the service is over. Thinking about what you're going to do after. Spirit's willing but your flesh wants to fight you. Will fight your spirit. So you keep a guard over your flesh. You keep a watch over him. Tell him nope you're not going to do that. You're not going to uh uh. You're not going to nope. Nope, 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 nope. He went away again. When he returned, he found them sleep again. Hmm? He came a third time. Hmm? Asked them to watch for him. Couldn't trust him to do it, so he had to watch for himself. That's why he kept coming back to where they were. So he had to watch as well as pray. So it's possible folks. You can do your own watching and your own prayer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to do both of them. You can't just pray. You have to watch over your confession. You have to watch over your heart. You have to guard all these things. You, you think you're waiting on God to answer prayer. Sometimes he's waiting on you to watch over your own flesh. To keep it in line with what you just prayed for. So that that prayer can be helped to come to pass. That prayer will have a place to, to lodge and rest in when it comes to pass. And Luke 12 Verse 35, he says, let your loins be girded about. In other words, uh, keep truth in your heart and your lights burning. Stay filled with the spirit. In other words, don't go off on a drunk and don't go to sleep catering to your flesh. Stay in the spirit. He says, and you yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding. That when he comes and knocks... They may open unto him immediately. Now he's talking about the Lord of the wedding feast. He said blessed are those servants whom the Lord when he comes shall find watching. Huh? Truly I say unto you that he, shall, he, that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. So there is a, a reward for being vigilant over your own soul to know when God's prompting you to do certain things to respond to that quickly because he says if you do that he'll come in and he'll begin to serve you he'll honor you by making himself your servant huh huh is it worth it is it worth it to be watchful over your soul so you don't get drunk with some stupid idea that you don't want God to stop you from doing something because you're having too much fun doing it? Hmm? 
You watch over your own soul. Said, Blessed are those servants who when the Lord he comes he shall find them watching. Truly I say to you he'll gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and he'll come and serve them. And if he shall come in the second or come in the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants. In other words whenever he comes you be faithful to what he's told you to do. Just stay with the things of the spirit. Now some people have their little pet things. They just don't want to let go of them. And they'll, it'll come upon you and you'll be thinking you're getting away with something. And God's not watching you and it's okay to do. And, and pretty soon the Lord calls time on it. And call time on any kind of foolishness with his children. He says be ready for the son of man comes in an hour where you don't know. Hmm? First Corinthians 16 tells us to watch so that we'll stay, stand steadfast in the faith. It's very important to watch over your soul when you are drifting away from believing God. You look at you're, you're watching too much in the natural oftentimes is what that means and you're being moved about. And tossed by every wind, every wave, because you don't know how to stay anchored in God. First Corinthians sixteen verse thirteen he says, Watch ye therefore, stand fast in the faith. Equip yourselves like men, be strong. Put on some weaponry, resist the devil, don't be so weak. Don't be so prone to drunkenness. Don't be so prone to want to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Like you deserve certain things. That word deserving gets people in trouble. You're supposed to have certain things. You ought to have this by now or you ought to be able to do that by now. Well help yourself. You know nobody's. (laughs) <laughs> nobody's standing in your way huh? but if you find that God's not with you in it then just back up hmm? just back up the watchman really watches so that he can warn he warns himself and he will warn others in Ezekiel 33 this is what gets people into trouble. You know God's word. You know the truth. You know what he says. And yet you see people being stupid. And you warn them and then they don't speak to you. Some of them for months and years. Some of them ever again. It's not your job to keep them friends with you. Your real friends will be doing the right thing. And if they slip off and don't do the right thing, if you warn them, they don't fall out with you. Uh, the real friends. In Ezekiel 33, in verse 2 it says, Son of man, speak to the children of my people and say to them, When I bring the sword upon the land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman, if he sees the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people. So that's pretty, pretty, you know, 
know somebody's not living right you tell them you just that's just your job you know right from wrong sometimes they don't you know they're trying to believe God's going to bless them anyway the way they are and the the goofy people seem to have a louder voice than the ones who really know God I mean where, where are the real believers that believe the right way you can't hear what they have to say for the ones that are are trying to overshadow them with their religious talk like God's going to bless everything they do anyhow he says when he sees a sword come upon the land and he blow the trumpet and warn the people whosoever hears the sound of the trumpet so it's up to, up to them to hear what you got to say and he doesn't take warning if the sword comes and takes him away his blood shall be upon his own head so if people don't take what you say as truth and don't want to pray for their families or believe for marriages to come back try to get along with the spouse or whatever you tell them anyway and if you've told them you're not responsible and they're responsible he says because he heard the sound of the trumpet and didn't take warning his blood is upon him but he that takes warning he'll deliver his soul so you're going to have some people they may not come to you and tell you that they heard you or they obeyed what you said but they'll do it anyway keep a little pride for themselves it says but if the watchman see the sword come and doesn't blow the trumpet remember Jonah God gave, gave him a message for the people of Nineveh he got tired of preaching and seeing God God I told him you was going to kill him you didn't kill him so I'm sick of that I want you to kill somebody well, that's what he said he said and the people be not warned that the sword come and take any person from among them he has taken away in his iniquity but his blood I'll require at the watchman's hand so you know to do right but you don't warn people to do right mm-hmm. sometimes we get right in there with them sometimes doing wrong huh? well what do you think God in light of this scripture what do you think you call yourself a watchman huh compromise want to get along with people want to keep the relationship going even though it's not much it's not healthy it's not fun it's not anything you'd be proud of but you want to keep it going anyway so you compromise he says when I say to the wicked a wicked man you shall surely die if you don't speak to warn him from his wicked ways that wicked man shall die in his iniquity but his blood I'll require at your hand so I'm holding you responsible because you know right from wrong I've called you to preach the gospel and bring people to heaven where I can redeem them just like I redeemed you. I want to afford the same privilege to others that I've afforded to you and I can't use you to do it because you all messed up. In Revelations 3 we see a, a warning to the church at Sardis. I think it is. You know, all the compromise that the church does. All the, you know, the pastors that'll get up and say homosexual, uh, there's homosexuals in heaven and they can serve God just like we can do. All that nonsense. You, you got to understand, folks. God. <laughs> You got to stand up and tell people the truth. You can't be intimidated. You know, 
TV sometimes is a real tester for people. Whether or not you'll preach the truth and just let that truth stand. Because if people get offended, they don't watch. If they don't watch, they somebody knows it. They, well, you know, you're, we don't have enough people watching your show. And your, your bills are behind, so we're going to have to get you off the air. Blah this, blah that. Verse 2 in, in, uh, we'll start in 1 Revelation 3 1 and the angel to the angel of the church of Sardis write this these things saith he that hath given that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars I know your works that you have a name and that you live and, and you are dead okay. in other words you're famous and you think you, you're alive but you're dead. He says be watchful and strengthen the things that remain that are ready to die. So this is a warning. You know you, you think you really got it going on because you, you are the church in the city. And you know you got some things that are alive but you're mostly dead. And he says for I've not found your works perfect before God. Remember therefore how you have received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore you shall not watch I will come on you as a thief and you shall not know what hour I come upon you. You shall not know the hour that I come upon you. Now this is a warning to a church that's gone off, gone off the tracks. God wants to pull them back. You got some things going for you, but you think there's more life in you than there is, and you're really dead. You're preaching a lot of dead stuff that's not true. You're teaching happy messages, sinner friendly messages. Why would you want to have a church full of people that aren't saved? It's hard enough to manage the saints. But you keep this mixed multitude in there. That was Moses' problem. He had all kind of people when when trust me, there was more than Hebrews that came through that that water, that wall of water. Because God was killing the firstborn and all of them. There, there was a bunch of Egyptians that came. There's all kind of anybody that was smart and wanted to get to get and went. And they realized that the Hebrews were taking all the money. They were taking all and, and they were telling one another to stay in somebody's house to avoid this thing. Now if that were going on and you knew there was a house of refuge. Don't you think you'd go in no matter where you came from. And God gave them permission to feed the servants and anybody else that wanted. Don't leave one piece of that lamb till morning. So everybody that wanted a free meal. And wanted to go in the house where all the jewelry and the gold was. I mean wouldn't you go in there. And so the mixed multitude is what did Moses in. So there was a lot of people not just Hebrews and, and they weren't real schooled in the Hebrew ways. But they were a mixture of people serving other gods. The Hebrew people that were in bondage in Egypt knew nothing about worshipping a golden calf. It was the people that worshipped that calf that convinced them to go along with it. Do you understand me? And so you don't want to be governing God's people and not be able to get those people saved so that they can follow you the right way. This is for believers folks. God never told us to keep a bunch of people around 
that were on their way to hell and you pretend with them that they're going to heaven. So this is not right. And so this is what these churches are getting judged for. Some things you started out right but you've gone off the rails somewhere. Revelation 16 and verse 15 he says it again. Behold I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and keeps his garments. In other words keep righteous. Walk in the spirit. Walk in forgiveness. Walk in love. Don't get drunk on some carnal idea. He said lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And so God wants us folks to stay in a sober a sensible frame of mind so that he can uh, reach us. He can give us warning. He can give us um, preparation for things that are coming. Sometimes you can see something happening and you have no power to stop it from happening. But God wants you to watch and, and be there to pray anyway. Many times there are things that are brewing underneath the surface that kind of get get birthed and, and start bearing fruit before we can make a good attempt at stopping that. But God will alert us to it anyway and give us a plan, give us a strategy, give us a way to overcome if we'll stay with that and be watchful. But if we're in any, we're in any ways uh, deceived or drunken. In our thoughts or, or in our mood or you know we allow the enemy to get in there and keep us in a, a, a bad frame of mind over something you know that, that, that should, should be given over to God already. You know he gets us offended about things so that he can pull us in and, and keep us under his control. And so if we will understand this you know there's certain things that, that we've been believing God for and then the opposite happened we think it's not supposed to happen to us you know and and, uh, that kind of thing that kind of offense spiritual offenses and so when those things happen we have to understand what the word says these things are common to man they're not extraordinary God has not singled you out for an uncommon uh, a bad road in life he singled you out to bless you but there is trouble in the world see there's trouble and it's not that that he's picking you out for trouble but this is some trouble that he knows he can pull you out of trouble's going to come anyway it comes to everybody you know, it's not that some people are can be so good that they can avoid it all. It's that's never true. You're not good to avoid trouble. You're good to please God. You know, and because it's it's your nature to be good, and so you want to please your master. But in in understanding what God expects, folks, there's there's great temptation to go off the main line, to go and get derailed some goofy idea that everybody thinks is wonderful you know it starts out with a lot of fanfare over something you know we've seen a lot of movements in God come and go you know and don't stay too long at the party because if you're there and you're the last person to leave you might just decide you want to camp there for the rest of your life and and then you're deceived I think it's some of the uh, really really powerful people and, and some of the great people that we've lost to this kind of stuff not being watchful over their own souls see uh, they get 
swelled up in their thinking somehow. They get bigger than life all of a sudden. You know, be be very, very careful when God starts to lift you up and you get bigger than life because more fall than stay up. We have more people fall from that place than we have people that actually stay up there. And so we have to understand that there has to be a soberness in our thinking at all times so that we'll stay away from these things. There's a place in God where there's almost instant prominence for some people because of what God's able to do and what um, you know technology is able to do and how your name is able to be on the lips of many people overnight almost you know sometimes it's God sometimes it's not see we got to lift up Jesus folks he's he's in any revival he's always the centerpiece it's never a human being in every church he should be the centerpiece not the human being and so when we get over ourselves and start being sober and realize how weak and frail we are without him and what our job is to do here to protect what God is doing to be watchful over the work of the ministry and over the work of the church and what God's really doing here then we can he can look at us and say well done he can look at us and, and we won't miss anything we'll be right there in the action when when God decides to move we'll be a part of that move because we're ready and we're sober and we're doing what he told us to do amen father in heaven we thank you for allowing us the opportunity to know what we're to do father your word tells us to be sober and to be vigilant the devil thinks he's a roaring lion he's deceived himself and he can't deceive us into thinking he's a threat but he does try to pose himself as a threat and as sober people we realize that he isn't a threat but that we can go forth and do mighty things because of who you've made us to be in this earth thank you lord to help us to stay in that mindset at all times and we bless you and we thank you for it lord in jesus name amen praise god if anybody needs prayer come on up i'll pray for you pray.